Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P. Joe P. Zapia, and it's week 14. I can't even believe it. It's time is flying when you're having fun, and I'm having a good time here every single week on Betting Pros with all of you who listen and watch on our YouTube channel. Of course, my good friends, Patty Cakes, Pat Fitzmorris, and Sam Hoppin, who's always got the bets popping because this guy and Pat, they are in a good mood this morning. They stayed up all night last night partying after that big Green Bay Packer win against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're on a roll. They're beating the Chiefs. They're beating the Lions. Sam Hoppin, what's it feel like to be a playoff team, huh? It feels great. I was kind of out on this team a couple of weeks ago, like when they were going through their slump. But, man, they, they've got me excited. They're, they're playing super well. I mean, even if... Even if things don't, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but the fact that they're playing this well with this many young players, I think is huge. And it it shows that as they've gotten better throughout the season, they're, they're improving, they're developing, all that sort of stuff. It makes me very, very excited for the future. It's a very different feel, I bet, for you guys, too. I mean, 25 years of expectations. This year, you had none, right? Because no Favre. No Rodgers, right? So all the expectations are out now. And now, Pat, like, how does this feel? This must be like a Christmas bonus, right? It is like a bonus, Joe. And I mentioned this on uh, one of the Fantasy Pro shows we recorded earlier today where really the season was all about affirming that Jordan Love was going to be the quarterback of the future. Like, that was basically it. Find out whether he's the guy. We found out. And uh, he, he is like he's strung together a number of really good games, outplayed Patrick Mahomes last night. And now it would just be gravy to get this playoff appearance. And it's looking pretty good since we're currently holding down the seventh spot and don't play a team with a winning record the rest of the way. And I said we. So uh, I oh. apologies for that. It's the Green Bay Packers. It's There's no we, although I am a Green Bay Packers stockholder. So I guess I can say oh, we. I think yeah, that's we. That. I think that's absolutely the we. I think that, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, well, maybe not we's, but maybe me's, uh, top of the show, I promised on Monday I would come here and take my licks if the Eagles took theirs, and they did. So, <clears throat> Brock Purdy, you are the truth. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you had the team ready to go. You had a good game plan. The Eagles could not tackle. The Eagles could not stop you in the backfield. They get a hand on somebody and they would go by them. Momentum did seem to swing at one point after the security guard incident. And I thought the worm was turning, but it did not. So the San Francisco wine and cheese 49ers, you did it. You went in there. You were physical. You were tough. You showed me everything I needed to believe. So now I believe, of course, the Welsh. Uh, certainly was texting me immediately after that last Devo Samuel touchdown. I actually texted him, and literally as I sent it, I got something back from him in a message. So I hear you, Welsh, on Friday. You can go have at me. I'm going to have my wine and cheese while you have at me, though. That I'm going to do. So good job by the 49ers. Good job by Purdy. Great game by McCaffrey, by Debo, and the defense as well. So shout out to the 49ers. You went in there to a tough spot. You came away with a victory. So good on you. Now... Now I take you seriously. So there you go. So we'll take a beat there. Doesn't stop for the Eagles too. They get the Cowboys this week, but we'll get to those games in a second. Don't forget, drop your comments below. Subscribe to the channel. You just might win a betting pros one year free premium upgrade. That's right. All you got to do, drop a comment, subscribe, ring the bell till it goes ding. That's it. That's all you have to do to get the betting tools that you've always been waiting for the best version of them to start betting smarter, not harder with us at betting pros. I'd love to say we're going to kick off week 14 with an exciting game, <clears throat> but I can't say that because the Patriots are involved in Thursday night football. The Patriots coming off zero points, zero big goose egg, nothing, not a, not a field goal, not a safety, not anything. 
New England now 2-10, and ten, goes on the road to Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh does not have its quarterback, Kenny Pickett. He's going to be done for a while. Uh, Steelers are 7-5. and five. They're coming off a loss in a weird game that was delayed twice. Pat, the Steelers are six-point favorites in this one. Uh, you've got 30.5 is the over-under, plus 220 on the New England side of the money line. I'm taking under here, Pat, and I'm taking it now. What do you think? Agree. <laughs> I, I have already hit the under because I'm worried this might go lower and we might see something like under 30 uh, Iowa Hawkeyes style. So, yeah, I, I do like the under. And that's really the only thing I like in this game. There's no way I'm laying six points with the Steelers like they've burned me too many times in their home games, uh, including just yesterday. Like I, I really thought after the rejuvenated offensive showing we saw in their first game post Matt Canada, that the Pittsburgh offense was back. And sadly it was not back yesterday. And I don't think it was entirely related to the Kenny Pickett. Like they were sputtering with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. They were sputtering after Kenny Pickett got hurt. Um, I, I just don't want to take either side in this hideous game. And yeah, I'll, I'll bet the under and, you know, Tell me how it turns out. <laughs> Sam, speaking of sputtering, uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots coming off a, again, scoreless game against Brandon Staley uh, and the Chargers going on the road to New England at home. So what do you make of this one, too? You just pound the under with us and running away? I actually like the the Patriots here. I mean, I, I don't think <laughs> Mitch Trubisky should be a six-point favorite against really any team Fair. as bad as the Patriots are and the the Patriots defense I think has improved lately they have uh, by far the best rushing defense in the league they haven't allowed a success rate overall over 45 percent since week seven against the Bills they're allowing negative uh, 0.215 EPA per play on early down so I think they'll put Pittsburgh behind the sticks and and force them to throw on on third downs and I think again with a total this low I want to take as many points as I can get and, and six points I think is enough for New England to stay in I mean they kept it close against the the Chargers now obviously the the Chargers defense is is much worse than Pittsburgh's but uh, I I think Pitt excuse me New England has enough to keep this game within six points all right, Atlanta is at home. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against Tampa. 39 is the number on this one, plus 115. If you think Tampa could go in there and come out with a victory. Sam, this line feels pretty right to me. I don't see any value on it right now. Do you see any? I don't. Tampa Bay was once a, a very stout run defense, but they've allowed a 49% success rate over the last four weeks, which is the worst in the league over that span. They've let both the Colts and the Panthers of all teams run all over them. Now they face a team in the Falcons that are the most run heavy team this season. That said, I do like the alternates with Tampa Bay, you know, taking them minus two and a half minus six and a half, something like that, because I think Baker is the, the better quarterback has a, a much higher ceiling than Desmond Ritter. And, and he'll be able to pass the ball against this Falcons defense. But I want to give a quick shout out to Mike Evans, man, uh, 10, a thousand yeah. straight 10, a uh, thousand yard seasons to start his career. He's a hall of famer for me. First ballot hall of famer at this point. I mean, that's a stunning accomplishment i know i got to play with tom brady for a couple of years but it wasn't always tom brady there i <laughs> just gotta remind everybody all right pat what are your thoughts on this one here with atlanta and tampa atlanta didn't look great on the road they never do ritter plays better at home anything you want to take out of this one 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just so thoroughly unimpressed with the Falcons offense uh, for uh, an offense that has Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and it's this underwhelming. Hello, Arthur Smith. Um, th- this number sort of says that maybe the Falcons on a neutral field would be deemed about half a point better. I don't really believe that. Like, I think there's a little bit of value here on the Buccaneers. I'm not sure if I like it enough to actually bet it. But I know in the pools I play in where I'm forced to pick every game against the spread, I'm going to be taking the box in this one. If the Falcons just go out there and get aggressive on the QB market next year, they could really be a force, I think. Especially in that NFC South, that is not a good division. Uh, let's get to, uh, speaking of not being very good, <laughs> Carolina Panthers. They're now 1-11. Uh, as we said, the coaching firing bounce was not a thing here for the Carolina Panthers necessarily. Although, they did keep that game closer than I think a lot of people, like myself, thought that they would. Uh, New Orleans is 5-7. and seven. They're at home. 5.5 is the number. Derek Carr, another injury last week. 38 is the number on this one. Carolina plus 200. They're getting 2-1. to one. I would have think pat that this would be a larger number than the just a plus 200 on the money line if this was three to one i'd be really interested in carolina on the money line maybe sneaking out a victory here with the saints especially if winston ends up being quarterback do you want to bet this now when you have the uncertainty of who's playing quarterback or do you want to wait for clarity and then maybe lose some value yeah, I mean, I'm operating under the assumption that Derek Carr is going to miss this one. Not only the concussion, but like he injured everything on that hit back, shoulder, like the, <laughs> is that the official the whole one? nine yards. It, yeah, everything. I mean, he was just crushed on that hit. So I, I think it will be Jameis. Um, money line is interesting. That that's an angle I hadn't thought about, Joe. Like I just don't know if there's enough value to take the Panthers and the points because the Panthers are a pretty sorry outfit overall. But like. You could see enough Jameis mistakes to basically like hand over a win to the Carolina Panthers. And also Jameis playing in this one sort of makes me want to bet the over in this one because Jameis throws so aggressively downfield like it can lead to big plays for the Saints. It could also lead to, you know pick sixes or uh, setting up the Panthers on a really short field. Like I think it's going to maybe spike the score of this game a little bit. So getting a low total like this gives me some mild interest in betting the over. Sam, how about you? Do you have any mild interest in maybe betting the over in this one also? That's probably the one lean I would have if I if I were betting on this. I don't really have a, a, a lean on this game right now. It's Carr's second concussion in the last three weeks, I think. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out even longer than just this game so I expect Jameis Winston in this game so in a game with Jameis you're shooting for anything with with variants and uh I mean even some alternate overs here too against this this Panthers defense all right let's look to the next one here and what should be theoretically maybe a one-sided contest we'll see the Houston Texans seven and five Tank Dell is going to be out uh, now for a while with that broken leg, unfortunately, very sad situation there. Also sad, the New York Jets, who are now four and eight. Uh, they are six point underdogs at home. Uh, feels about right to me. Thirty five and a half is the number for this one. Plus two twenty. Uh, now, Sam, when we're looking here at the New York Jets, you know, we keep talking about, oh, you know, the defense of the Jets, defense of the Jets. But at the end of the day, you can run the football in the Jets. So if you just run the football effectively and let C.J. Stroud continue to go out there and do what he does best, and he's made Noah Brown useful, he's made um, Robert Woods useful, clearly Nico Collins coming off a huge game. This feels like maybe Houston Texans are getting respect. Are they getting enough respect here on this one? I know the money line of the Jets is plus 215. I want no part of that the way the Jets offense runs. But do you think that the Houston Texans 
can go out there and really just kind of embarrass the Jets with the offense that they have? I think they can, but I think the market is finally caught up to the Texans and, and who they are, understanding that they're probably top six, seven team in the AFC right now. And what's keeping me off of betting on the Texans is, is they just had a number of situational or, or process related mistakes. They had three red zone field goals uh, this past week against Denver. They used a timeout on defense with 30 seconds left, which I get you want to get like your best defense in place, but that extra timeout could have been very helpful if Denver scored a touchdown earlier and they were just running the ball too much on early downs. It put them behind the sticks and it was just third and long for them too too many times. And, and CJ Stroud, as good as he is, can't play hero ball every single third down. That said, I'm not spending any of my hard-earned money backing the Jets uh, here, whether it's Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle or, or Zach Wilson. I don't even know who's going to to start in this game. So I, I'm laying off of this one. <laughs> I'm I'm not. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans side of this game. I, I'm confident here. And then maybe, maybe I'm too confident. Maybe Sam is right that, you know, everything's catching up a little bit to the Houston Texans. They keep coming out with victories, but Pat, they are still green. And they show that they are still a work in progress. That being said, I see no progress with the Jets offense, no matter who's playing quarterback. And I think more than a touchdown. It's one thing when the Falcons, they come into your building on the road. This is not Desmond Ritter. This is CJ Stroud. And that guy has been a difference maker this year. Yeah, but we've seen Trevor Simeon flash competence in uh, when forced to come in and play in a pinch before. Like, I'm, I'm skeptical of that, of course, but... I have a little bit of trouble laying six points um, to a home dog that has a really legitimate defense. Like, that makes me a little bit nervous. I, I don't know if I can do it. Um, I understand what you're saying. Like, there's no confidence in this Jets offense whatsoever. But I I, I kind of think the Texans have been overvalued in the betting markets. Um, we saw that coming into Week 13 – they had gone, I think, three and two in their last five games, but only one and four against the spread over that stretch. And then they did get a cover against the Broncos, but it took Russell Wilson committing three turnovers in the last, what, 15 or 16 minutes. Well, uh, but for three that to turnovers happen. that were forced too, which I think, you know, they True. did. They did True. put some pressure on Wilson at the end, and the secondary played well. Will Anderson had a really good game. I actually think that that Texans defense, which is something we talked about in fantasy, like one of the better fantasy stretch run slash playoff defenses, they have some great. They have two matchups against the Titans, I think, remaining two. Like, they, they've got some good situations there, uh, the Houston Texans, yeah. too. So, I mean, well, I, a lot of people are going to look at this game and say, well, you know, really good offense versus really bad offense, slam dunk Texans. I, I don't think it's quite that easy, and I don't see the value on, on betting the Texans. All here. right. Well, I will stand with the lone wolf here on my island, and I will take the Houston Texans. The Indianapolis Colts, 7-5, and five, making some noise of their own. What a great story they've been. Gardner Minshew coming out with a big overtime victory. Taking on the Bengals coming off a Monday night game. We'll see what the results are of that. The Bengals are five and six. Uh, they are two and a half point home underdogs, which is understandable. 41 is the number in this one, plus 115. 41, a pretty decent size number here, considering we're dealing with not one, but two secondary quarterbacks. But yet, Pat, I still look at it and I'm almost confident in the over. Am I crazy? 
Oh man, I'm I'm not touching this one, Joe. I think like the the uh, total and the spread are pretty spot on. Like I I just haven't been able to get on the right side of any Colts games this year. Um, I can understand the interest in the over with the the fast pace the Colts like to play at, and um, like I don't think Jake Browning is by any stretch of the imagination the worst backup quarterback in the league, and he's got a lot of weapons around him. So I can see the case for the over. I'm just not interested in taking it right now. Maybe if they have a nice showing against Jacksonville tonight and the uh, the total doesn't spike as a result, yeah, you can maybe interest me. To your point, for like, now, that's no. why I want it. Like, I want it now before they look halfway decent. Like, if they put up 17 points tonight, you know, you just put up 14 next week, all of a sudden that makes me feel pretty good about maybe getting to this over. What do you think here? Uh, you, you think, Sam, that, uh, again, this is uh, one of those conundrums. Betting the Colts has been very difficult all year. As Pat was saying, it's hard to be on the right side of this. Do you feel confident that there is a right side, Sam? I don't feel very confident. I mean, five of Indianapolis' seven wins this year have been on the road. And in, in their four-game win streak that they're currently riding, three of those wins have come on the road so it's hard to to say that that's going to continue and 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 i don't know which ones they've been favored in but the cincinnati defense continues to be just a massive sieve especially against the pass and indianapolis this could be a function of the teams they faced in tampa bay and tennessee has a pass rate over expectation of six percent or greater in their last two games so i expect them to come out throwing the ball against this Bengals defense. Michael Pittman looks like a a star right now with the way that Garner Minshew is targeting him. So I think the fast pace plus the Colts passing the ball a little bit more definitely leads to the over. And, And to your point, Jake Browning played decently well against Pittsburgh last week. Obviously had a couple lucky bounces that that padded his stats a little bit but he's still playing with Jamar Chase and T Higgins who's who's going to be back in the game on Monday Night Football and I think with just the talent they have on offense can keep it competitive I I do think again I've mentioned this several times already but the Colts have a massive coaching advantage here with with Shane Steichen Zach Taylor I think is uh getting exposed a little bit without having Joe Joe Burrow to cover for some of his mistakes but I uh I slightly lean towards the Colts but I I think this this line is pretty darn accurate the Rams are now six and six they will take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore Baltimore is nine and three coming off a bye they are seven and a half point favorites which makes sense here 44 and a half is the number the Rams are plus 260 on the money line for an upset look the line's telling you that Baltimore should handle their business here against this Rams team do you think that that is going to be the case for this contest Sam I do uh you're getting the Ravens off of a bye a, a team many might consider to be the best team in the AFC, if not the NFL. Teams have have been able to have success on the ground against the Rams. That should be no different for the Ravens. I love the Ravens here as a potential teaser leg, teasing them down from seven or seven and a half down to one, one and a half. But the the Rams defense has played somewhat better since they're by the last couple of weeks, but that's been against the Seahawks, Cardinals and Browns. So nothing uh, really to write home about there. 
All right, Pat, your thoughts on this game here coming up because uh, the Rams, uh, obviously, you know, are in, it's got a tough spot there on the road in Baltimore, a tough place to play, especially with that week of rest that the Ravens are coming off. And, you know, still uncertainty. The health of Cooper Cup, clearly not 100%. And Puka Nakua soldiering back onto the field doesn't mean he's 100% either. I could not bet the Ravens fast enough when I saw this line on Sunday night. Uh Joe, and honestly, I was pretty surprised that this number was as modest as it was, given the Ravens' pretty lengthy track record of success at home. Plus, you've got the West Coast team coming out east for the early kickoff. Like, it's it's the classic setup where, yeah, bet the, the home-sitting Eastern time zone team. So, yeah, the Rams have not been the pushovers this season we thought they were going to be. They've a little more teeth, both offensively and defensively, I think, than we were expecting. But, um, man, like, not only did I get the Rams at plus or the Ravens at minus seven and a half, but I got them at minus 105. And, like, I'm expecting this thing to move closer to, like, eight or nine points as the week goes on. So I'm really super. If I got it at 105, like it's going to take well, some Ravens money actually just to, to get seven it seven right now. It actually went in the other direction, which I think is kind of crazy. So just this morning, it went from seven and a half to seven in some spots. Go ahead, Sam. The other thing to remember, I and I don't remember that have the exact stat off the top of my head, but Lamar Jackson against NFC teams, I think he's got like one loss against them in his career. And yes, and I hate yes, I hate right. trend betting like that, but I think there is some signal to these teams who who don't see a, a Lamar Jackson type player as often. Uh, obviously the Rams get Kyler Murray, but I think they're, they're slightly different uh, play styles despite their both them being mobile. Now the next game on our list today is uh, this NFC North matchup between the bears and the lions. Now the bears are at home. They are three and a half point underdogs at home, which again, makes sense here. The Lions have had trouble closing out games, and also the Lions' defense has given up a fair amount of points these last few weeks. So I'm a little concerned here with this trend line. 43 is the over-under, plus 150 for Chicago on the money line. Pat, I know that the Detroit Lions are the better team, but if I'm pointing at one game this week on the schedule that feels like a potential upset, it's this one. As the Bears continue to find their identity and know that they're all playing basically for their jobs, including Justin Fields to say, Hey, I'm the franchise guy. I feel like there's a lot riding on this and not to mention the bears defense has played a lot better than I think people give them credit for in the last few weeks, especially in the secondary once Brisker got healthy again. So what do you think about this matchup here? Is this the potential upset on the slate that maybe a lot of people don't see coming? I do see value on the bears, Joe, and I, I wouldn't mind a money line bets on Chicago as a home dog. Um, so like, it seems like this line and this total are being swayed somewhat by the bears last game, that Monday night game against the Vikings where the bears did win thanks to, um, you know, like a host of turnovers, but, um, like the bears offense wasn't clicking and they could not get into the end zone. They kept settling for field goals. And I, I think that has people sort of misconstruing the Bears as some sort of offensively challenged team, which I don't think is the case. I mean, we know they've got a very explosive quarterback and a very explosive receiver in DJ Moore. Um, so, yeah, I like this. Like the Lions laid an egg on Thanksgiving Day against the Packers. They jumped out to a huge early lead against the Saints and let the Saints back in the game. Uh, the Lions have just not been that impressive lately, and the Lions, they have just been an over-machine lately. So seeing this game, like it opened at 44.5, DraftKings it was down to 43.5, and, and I'm not sure why 
the total is going down rather than it's up. It's 43 because I, on the consensus now on betting. Oh, person, man. So. Yeah, I'm smashing the over in that. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Sam, how do you feel about this one, too? Do you see what Pat and I see, or are you just going to be a little bit more conservative maybe and just take the over? I do. I mean, I think the the Lions, well, yeah, from the total perspective, I'm for sure taking the over. I've already taken the over this morning. Both of these teams have capable offenses and, and defenses that are suspect. You mentioned that Chicago's defense had been playing better, but, you know, you look at the, again, the opponents that they faced, the Saints offense that's been sort of all over the place, uh, a Panthers team that hasn't been great. They got eviscerated by the Lions just a couple of weeks ago, and then were saved by a bunch of turnovers against Minnesota. So I think Detroit's offense being able to put up against this Bears defense and the Lions defense not, you know, being great. They've been one of the worst defenses in the last several weeks, and Chicago was able to to score against them a couple of weeks ago. So I, I would have ran to Lions minus three and a half if not for the heart palpitations that they gave me <laughs> this past week uh against the saints because i had them minus four and i was sitting you know lounging back when they were up 21 nothing and then geez i i almost lost it if they would have would have lost so uh well, I, I, almost I lost do, indeed yeah i do still like the lions but the the toe or excuse me the over is is what i'm targeting here all right, before we get to our next game, which is an AFC matchup with big-time playoff implications, don't forget to tune into our newest NBA show over at Betting Pros, and that's Fast Break Bets with Matt Modi. Every single Wednesday and Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, he is live breaking down the NBA betting slate for you over on our Betting Pros YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe for the hottest picks and the juiciest odds for that day's NBA action. So Matt is absolutely crushing it there again. Fast Break Bets right here on betting pros. Now, Cleveland 7 and 5 is going to be a home underdog to the Jacksonville Jaguars who are 8 and 3. 36 and a half is the number for this one, plus 135 on the money line for the Cleveland Browns. I got to say, right now my early lean and I might even be more of a more of a better than a leaner at this point is on the Cleveland side of this game. I don't know what it is. That maybe I'm just drinking the Joe Flacco Kool-Aid. I think when he gets back with another week of practice here with the Cleveland Browns at home, I think they can come out with a victory. I kind of like the money line on this one. Sam, what do you think? Am I getting a little too too excited about another Joe? Is that what's happening? I think you are. I, I think Joe Flacco sort of looked better than how he actually played. I mean, it's also relative to how Browns quarterbacks have played this year, which is, is not <laughs> has not been great at all. I think no. some of that shine is going to wear off. Amari Cooper is dealing with a concussion injury as well, which would be a, a huge loss to them. And I think the Jacksonville defense is much better than the Rams as well in predictable, which is a website that uses betting odds uh, looking out into the future has them rated as the seventh best defense compared to just the 20th best for the Rams and the Jacksonville offenses looked fixed the last couple of weekends and excuse me, the last couple of weeks and the Cleveland defense just had their worst output from a, an EPA per play perspective against the Rams. I, I like the, the Jaguars here, even coming off of a short week. All right. So we're split here. Pat, break the tie. Cleveland or Jacksonville? Do you have any early leans in this game? Oh, I'm not going to be a very good tiebreaker because I'm torn between your two points of view. When I first saw this line, my instinct was that, you know, there was value on the Jaguars 
here. But then the more I thought about it and how Cleveland can be a pretty tough place for visiting teams to play, um, the the Joe Flacco, like I do think Joe Flacco does sort of legitimize this offense and give them at least a little bit of balance. Um, yeah, we're probably due for some horrible Joe Flacco game at some point. Maybe it's this week against the Jaguars defense which is one of the more underrated defenses in the league. Um, but, boy, right now I think this is just a good number, and I'm, I'm not really interested right. in betting it either way, honestly. From good numbers to big numbers, uh, the Seattle Seahawks put up a big 35, uh, came up with a loss, though, regardless against the Cowboys earlier. They're going to have some extra time to rest, but it doesn't matter. They're going to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Minus 10.5 favorites at home at minus 110. That's a consensus line. 46.5 uh, right now is the total for this game, plus 400 for the Seattle upset. So, Pat, this really comes down to one thing. Is there any sort of residual jet lag after that big Philly loss where a letdown against Seattle. I don't think there is that being said, 10 and a half is a big number. So can you get behind that? I was all about on Thursday night football, the Seahawks covering the nine and a half. I'm less confident here in this one against San Fran than I was against Dallas. Yeah, same. I got that uh, cover along with you on Seattle, Joel, though towards the end I was starting to feel like it was uh, kind of a greasy cover if not going to lie, but we did just see, Seattle um, hang with Dallas and fight them tooth and nail in that game. And yet here they are opening as a double digit road dog against uh, San Francisco. And who can argue after what San Francisco did to Philadelphia in week 13? So, um, yeah, I mean, if I were going to bet this one, I would probably lay the points with the 49ers. I mean, we've seen that they they can absolutely land the heaviest punch of any team in the NFL. And, and boy, did the Eagles take one on the chin in week 13. So uh, I'm, I'm not betting against the Niners right now. Does Seattle have any unfinished business here with the 49ers from last year at all, where maybe Sam, they're taking this game more seriously than the 49ers are. I mean, they have unfinished business, but I don't think they're going to finish it on, on Sunday by any means. I mean, <laughs> The, the 49ers blew the brakes off the Seahawks on Thanksgiving, you know, 10, 12 days ago, however long ago that was. And Seattle had their best offensive output of the season against a great Dallas defense. But I, I don't think that continues against San Francisco. The The 49ers at full health are the best team in, in the NFL. They're they're clicking on all cylinders offensive, defensively like they they are just in, I, I think, a class of their own. And so I, I, I don't think the Seahawks really keep it close, unfortunately. All right. Minnesota six and six goes to Las Vegas. Who's five and seven Vegas at home, three point underdogs, minus minus one ten. Forty and a half is the number in the consensus betting pros app right now, plus plus one thirty for the Raiders to win this game. Now you're getting Jefferson back some lack of clarity of who's going to be throwing the ball to him. Sam, do you take advantage of that fact? Or do you, do you think the line is even right here? This is a, it's a tough game to really peg down for me. This is more of a two or maybe a one and a half here. And I don't know. I feel like the Vikings are getting a little too much credit. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, this this was a very tough one. But we got both teams coming off their bye. The Vikings getting Justin Jefferson back. Las Vegas has allowed a 9.1% explosive pass rate the last four weeks. And Jefferson is, is only going to help that, I think. The Vikings defense is probably a bit too much for, for Las Vegas. Vikings have allowed a negative 0.07 EPA per play this year, which is seventh best in the league, a 42.1% success rate, which is ninth. 
So I I would prefer taking the Vikings on the money line here without the points. I I just think again from a, a coaching perspective, too, Minnesota has the edge. I would be more excited about having Josh Dobbs back there than any of the other options <clears throat> that Minnesota has. All right, Pat, what are your thoughts here, Vikings Raiders? Boy, uh, Sam is trying to talk to me out, talk me out of this, but I basically saw this the same way you did, Joe. Like I, I thought this should be closer to a pick'em. Um, like the Raiders are three and one against the spread in their last four, and they've played undeniably, like respectably since firing Josh McDaniels. They've been like a totally different team. And um, the Vikings, yeah, maybe part of this line is the bounce from the impending Justin Jefferson return. But man, it does seem like it's too big a bounce. Like this Josh Dobbs feel-good story. Like he played so badly against the Bears that we went from this feel good story with Dobbs, the the you know fairy tale season for him, to Kevin O'Connell being like, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing at quarterback for week fourteen when we come out of the bye. Like it was that wretched a performance. So, man, I I am inclined to just take the Raiders on the money line, like a very small bet. Yeah, just because I I think they are absolutely live in this game. Like That's I don't think they're outgunned by any. You know, there's not a big talent gap in this game. There just isn't. So I, I know there's not the, the usual home field advantage for the Raiders in Las Vegas. But, man, I, I still think that's where the value is. All right, the next one here, this is a fascinating one. The Chiefs coming off a, a tough loss. They have, they're they 8-4, and four, but they don't look like a dominant team right now. 6-6 six and six Buffalo Bills are coming into Kansas City. And maybe this is exactly what both of these teams need. I don't know. Uh, the Chiefs are just two and a half point favorites, though. 47 and a half is the consensus number at minus 110. You get plus 118 on the Buffalo side. Pat, this game kind of reminds me of like two aging divas who are kicking up a Las Vegas <laughs> residency where, you know, it's like, oh, come see Celine Dion and Cher do this. You know, like neither of these teams right now look like the best team in the AFC, yet they are still you know, in a lot of ways, favorites in a lot of people's minds. So what do you take out of this one? Any early value? Could we get that like Celine versus Cher as the undercard <laughs> at Caesars Palace for some uh, big uh, yeah, you know, that, I'd boxing pay, event? I, I'd pay to see that. I don't know what the All odds right. are on that one. I think I've got, I think I've got Celine Dion. You know, she's her stamina is very good. Although Cher, you know, what is she like 80 years old now? I feel like, I mean, she's still out there singing. So <laughs> God bless her. <clears throat> Even even with the loss to the Packers on Sunday night, I think a lot of people will look at this line and uh, instantly be have the instinct to bet the Chiefs. Like this number isn't big enough. But it was interesting that last week, um, in the Massey Peabody ratings, I think the Bills were ranked like a quarter of a point higher than the Chiefs, and certainly the Chiefs number didn't go up with that loss to Green Bay. So, um, like this this feels like the right line to me. I mean, plus the Bills. Boy, right now the Bills and the Texans are on the outside looking in in the playoff hunt. Like, we got to get them in over the Browns and, um, you know, like nothing against the Colts, but I'd, I'd rather see the Texans or the uh, Broncos or even the Bills. Bills or even the Broncos play in the playoffs over the Browns. The Anyway, so, yeah, like that is going to incentivize the Bills because they are fighting for their lives right now. Like, they can't afford – Many more losses. No, they, they can't. But can they've the got Chiefs maybe one more loss? Uh, no, I mean, they really point, can't like, either. The Chiefs can't either. I, I think that's a great argument. It's an argument I made last week uh, for a game where I said, you know, this team just needs this game more than the other one. 
And, and it turned out to be true. And, and I, I think to a certain extent, you saw that on Sunday against the Eagles too. I think the 49ers probably needed that game more than the Eagles did. And they wanted it more. Sam, I mean, both of these teams kind of desperately need this game. So at the end of the day, how do you, how do you bet it? Yeah, I, I think I lean the bills here. I, I originally said that I or was going to say that I, I don't have a, a read on this game and wanted to go through the sort of the details of how these teams match up a little bit more quickly, or excuse me, a little bit more deeper. But I, I just think the bills have just continued to be underrated and I, their offense played extremely well. They're just like not coming out on the right side of these, these wins. No, and, nothing and breaks losses. their way. They, they never and... have that moment that goes their way. They always have that one thing that goes against them or that one moment that, you know, they don't take advantage of that. That seems to be the whole MO of their 23 season. Yeah. And I think coming off the buy, it, it'll give them a chance to, to reset and have an opportunity to, again, get ready for this this massive game and hopefully assert themselves as uh continuing to be one of the the best teams in the afc all right denver at the chargers uh denver coming off a tough loss or they are two and a half point underdogs going to the chargers i don't i don't understand this at all uh 43 and a half is the number plus 125 for the denver broncos give me the plus 125 i'm i'm taking the Broncos on the money line and I'm not looking back. Sam, your thoughts. Yes, I I agree. I mean, Denver's <laughs> turnover luck it. finally ran out against Houston this past week and and where I said Houston faltered early, Denver benefited from that to an extent, but again, they ke- still kept it within 5 points against Houston, had a chance to to win the game. Denver re- has wanted to rely on their ground game. They've had a negative 8% pass rate over expectation the last two games, and the Chargers' defense can be run on. I mean, the, the Chargers are also just lackluster on offense. Quentin Johnston has just been a massive whiff. He continues to have some terrible drops. Austin Eckler looks like dust at this point. They have just one game with a... 45% success rate since week four. And that was against the the Lions defense that we mentioned has been historically terrible. So I I like the Broncos here. Like it, it, it sounds sacrilegious to say at this point, given the quarterbacks on either side, but it, it hasn't looked pretty at all for Los Angeles. No, I mean, in LA, Pat is not a home field advantage. So throw that out the window too. Brandon Staley got lucky last week that he came out with a victory here against the Patriots team that can't do anything offensively. Um, But I think Denver bounces back here in a big way. And look, regardless of this loss to the Texans, you know, I still think Denver to make the playoffs is a fascinating bet. I talked about it last week on my best bets video. I feel like you look at the schedule they have. They've got two games against the Chargers. They got a game against the Raiders. Like they can handle their business and still get to 10 wins here. Yeah, it does feel like the value is with the Broncos, but I cannot shake this paranoid feeling that <laughs> this game is a trap. Like, I just maybe, can't. Maybe you're right. I, I mean, uh, like, I want to see it the way you guys see it. And it does feel like, you know, as you said, Joe, not the traditional home field advantage for the Chargers. Uh, the Broncos with, you know, a lot of momentum going into that Texans game. And it wasn't like they played terribly in that game, uh, you know, until committing the turnovers at the end. So, uh, Boy, I I do want to like the Broncos in this one, but man, I I just 
There's this bad feeling I cannot shake I about understand. this game. Go watch some more tape of Brandon Staley coach football games. I think it'll bring you around. Uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. This is the one Sunday night football. Get ready, folks. Three and a half point favorites are the Dallas Cowboys. 52. 52 and a half is the number plus 150 for the Eagles. So Pat has the gauntlet finally caught up with the Eagles. Are they running out of steam or do they bounce back here after a tough home loss against the Cowboys who, you know, they've been their daddy for the last couple of years. I am leaning the Cowboys here and this would have sounded crazy if anyone would have said it a year ago, but I don't know if Jalen hurts can go toe to toe against Dak Prescott as a passer in this game. Like I, Dak has just been so hot, and this uh, Dallas passing game is functioning at such a high level. And meanwhile, I don't think we are seeing anything close to the sort of success Jalen Hurts had through the air last year. Like, uh, you know, like there's some big plays, some splash plays to A.J. Brown. Yes, of course, we've seen that. But if this game does turn into the shootout that the total suggests it's going to be, man, I would much rather roll with Dak than with Jalen Hurts. And by the way, this Eagles pass defense is such an Achilles heel. Like if they cannot get to the quarterback and they didn't get to Brock Purdy on Sunday, like those cornerbacks are defenseless. And I think CD lamb is just going to rampage against this Eagles secondary. Dak Jalen hurts. Brock Purdy are nearly all tied for the MVP voting right now in terms of Vegas's odds. So Sam, this has a lot at stake here, not just for the NFC, but also for maybe MVP. Is this a statement game for Dak or a bounce back for the Eagles? I think it's a statement game for Dak. I, I, to Pat's point, the Eagles secondary has been a, a weakness for them all season. You got you saw them get torn apart against San Francisco this past week. Dak is, I, I think, whichever quarterback wins this game probably comes out at the top of the MVP market afterwards. I I just I don't see how Philadelphia is able to keep up with with Dallas. I mean, I, I think they can, but Jalen Hurts has been hobbled the last couple of weeks, left the game uh, for a little bit. I don't remember if he missed any any plays in the, the game against San Francisco, but clearly dealing with some lingering issues that I, I think are limiting his mobility a little bit. And Dallas just again, they I, I think Thursday night was the potential one spot where, again, they maybe falter a little bit and variance doesn't go their way, and, and they got through it. I mean, similar to the way the Eagles have, have been getting through their games you know, all season. So give me Dallas. I, I'm excited to watch this game. All right, we got not one but two Monday night games too. Green Bay, New York. Giants. The Giants, uh, 37 is the number. They are six and a half point uh, underdogs at home to your Green Bay Packers, gentlemen. All these primetime Packer games. You got to be loving this. Plus 240 for the Giants upset. So, Sam, you still spreading the love with Jordan? You still feeling really good about this guy who's now three games, eight touchdowns, no picks? I know probably not going to have Christian Watson in this game, but does it matter against the Giants? No, it doesn't. Give me give me the Packers. The, the Packers just recorded... 0.26 CPA per play and a 48.6% success rate against one of the best defenses in the league. It was Green Bay's best performance of the season on offense and Kansas City's worst performance on defense this season. Ty Tyrod Taylor could be at quarterback here for the Giants, but that team hasn't had a success rate on offense over 40% since week eight. The Packers are going to go into MetLife Stadium and tear apart this Giants team. 
All right, Pat, are you co-signing that? Yeah, Joe, this is our second year doing this show together. So you you can attest that I am not like an overt Green Bay Packers homer from a betting perspective. If anything, I tend to be a pessimist. So, um, But I, I like them against the Chiefs last week, and uh, I was pretty surprised when I saw how modest this number was. Um, like, I think they're more than a touchdown better than the Giants. Um, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or our guy, Tommy DeVito, like the, he's going to run into trouble. Like this Packers pass defense is legit. You can run on the Packers, but it's really hard to throw on the Packers. So, um, I don't think you're going to see the giants move the ball consistently. And, uh, you know, Jordan loves on a roll, bet the hot hand. Uh, Tua is also on a roll. So is Tyreek Hill. The Miami Dolphins will close us out here with the other Monday night game. 13 point favorites, minus 110, or the Miami Dolphins at home against the Titans. 47 is the number, plus 550 for the Titans upset. Look, Miami has been, you know, all year, they take care of lesser teams. It's beating the big boys where they struggle. So is this another uh, Miami romp where you just can't stop all the speed? I mean, Mostert has 14 touchdowns already. Achan has, this is right in. HN has six touchdowns in 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 or something like in six games and he's played something crazy like that. I gotta look at this stat. I heard it this morning. I was like, that doesn't even seem right. But Tyree Kill, the rest of this offense, Pat, they've been so good. Uh, is this gonna be just another roll to a d- double digit victory yet again? Oh, I know. In the pools where I have to bet this, I'm probably gonna bet the Dolphins. But uh, it's just the number is where it should be, <laughs> and I'm not seeing enough value to bet the Dolphins. Nine touchdowns in six games. That's what it was for HM, by the way. In the six wow. healthiest games he's had, he's had nine touchdowns. Sam, uh, what do you think about this one? You got any love for this game early on? Yeah, I think I'll. I'd take the Dolphins here too. Derrick Henry is in concussion protocol. I doubt he plays. Jeffrey Simmons for the titans defense got banged up the the titans pasty has been atrocious all year and mm-hmm. you know then you got now you got to face the dolphins uh which have one of the best passing offenses in the league i'm i don't know how i feel about this monday night <laughs> double header especially with both of them playing at the same time but eh, whatever mm. more football you go back and forth well i mean i mean for you guys it's a little tougher as the packer fans but for us general football fans it's fun. I'll watch Tyreek Hill. I, every time Will Levis has got the ball, that's when I switch back over to the Packer game. That's how I think I'm going to approach this one. But again, make sure you're approaching all of your bets the right way using the Betting Pros app. Get the best lines at the best time. Set the notifications so you get the line alerts. And also don't forget about our NFL contest. Make your picks count. There's still plenty of time to win free stuff here. We've got weekly prizes, monthly prizes for our NFL contest. Join today bettingpros.com slash NFL contest. That's the way to do it. Or just download the app and go to the community tab and click that bad boy and go sign up there. It's free. Just make five picks a week and a weekly prize. Every single week, we're giving away swag to our FP and BP shops. We're also doing monthly prizes too. Month of December just started. So you can win an upgrade to betting pros or fantasy pros premium just for making picks. That sounds good to me. And don't forget to drop your comments below. Tell us who you are in on this week in the NFL. What's your favorite game of the week? I want to hear from you. Drop your comments below and shout out again to Brock Purdy and the 49ers. You stuff the big fat L in my mouth and uh, I will take the L. I will chew on it all the way until on Friday's show, which will be musty television where Welsh gets to uh, basically rain it over me, which is going to be fun. You'd think I was an Eagles fan, but I'm not. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Sam and Pat, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros.